You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Ooh, that looks like fun. Oh, my. And, and folks, that's what Melissa says, and that's the way we start Geekiest Show Ever, <laughs> episode 284. And we have a special guest with us this week, and yes, I'm here, and you know, it's just... You're, you're our special guest. Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> you're not. Special you're special. Yes. I'm special. You're, you're yes. not that special, Kevin. Yeah. Okay. Elisa couldn't be here, so we got, we went out. We put to lipstick the, on a guy. <laughs> and yes, folks, that is him. The magic stylings of Guy Searle, a.k.a. Mac Parrot. Hey, Guy, welcome to the show. Squawk. Yeah, hey, thanks. Nice to be here. So, yes, did we, you, we. Did you ask what shade of lipstick he had to wear? Um, you know what? I'm, I have like my own shade. So oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Guy is many it, shades of gray. Got- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Many, many, many shades of, um, That's what we could call multiple this split personality. We'll call yeah. this episode, uh, 52 shades uh, of Guy. <laughs> <laughs> F- yeah. 50 shades of Guy. That's it. There's an image I'm going to have to. There's an image I'm going to have to buy brain tonight. Okay. Well, you know, the, it's funny because because of Melissa is how I got to meet Guy. From really? Yeah. yeah. How many oh, years okay. ago was at, that? At Pat. At Pat. At, uh, Pat. Uh, oh. uh, damn it! I can't say her last. I can never rhymes, say her last name. Rhymes with bouquet. Oh. So that would be Fakwa. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that that sounds just like bouquet. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, we were there. You were traveling God, over in the East Coast ten years ago. No, it hadn't been that long ago. It's like no, because Keegan was a baby and he's eight now. So probably oh okay, it was about eight-ish years ago. About yeah. seven, probably seven years ago. Yeah, about seven. Yeah, seven years of bad luck. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's how I got to meet Guy, and that's how I met Melissa in person. Mm-hmm. So all three of us know each other in person, and Mike's the odd man out. Yeah, I, well, isn't, he, isn't that been, usually the way it is? Yeah, I'm usually odd anyway. So uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's yeah, just, well, Jake, guy so, and I have hung out uh, several hey, times. Hey, Kevin. Since then, so. and, yeah, over there at MacWorld. MacWorld hey. Mac and yeah. MacStock. And yeah, except not next year. I've got just the reason yeah. for it. I've got just a reason for you to come to South Dakota, Kevin. We've got snow. God, do we have snow. Come for the snow angels. Do you want a moment now? Or should we turn off the camera? Wait a minute. Uh, No, it's not that nice. I'm done. Uh, (laughs) I I love the snow. I dearly love the snow. Not image to scrub out of my brain. Yeah, I know you and Tom and I were talking about that on Twitter earlier today. And... uh, Tom told me I could have all the snow, and he he said it very colorfully. And I don't have my twit I don't have Twitter <laughs> up right now to to look at it. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I do love the snow, and and with that, I will also make a, a very further comment that we will move into the weather report. And guy, you don't have to worry about it because yours and my weather report is going to be fairly similar. I mean, it the, should be. And for folks that don't know, guy and I live what maybe about. <laughs> Hour and a half, maybe fifty-five, sixty miles apart physically. Yeah, yeah. I went out to your house that one time. Yeah, you came out. We had that. We had a geeky play date. (laughs) (laughs) A mandate. Yeah. Down in the man cave. Yeah. Oh, and don't. And I keep forgetting to reply to Gaz before I get to the weather. 
yes, I do live in between the Blue Ridge and the Appalachian Mountains. He asked, I remember on the uh, pod, on your show, uh, after the MyMac show, the episode that you did afterwards when you were out here for that visit, he said, does Kevin live in between the mountains? And you said, I don't know. I said, yeah, I do live in between the mountains. <laughs> uh, all I know is I had to go through mountains to get there. Yes. And the but I didn't come out onto the other side. No, <laughs> I'm not going to make any comments on that. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, the weather here, I mean, right now it's nice, it's cool, it's uh, its about 47 degrees, so getting a little too warm for me, but um, we're going to be in the low 40s for the next couple days, and then towards the end of this week, it's going to be, be in the 70s, and I'm just going to be stuck inside and trapped in the uh-huh. house. <laughs> okay, now I need a moment. Uh <laughs> That's I'm hoping to go somewhere next weekend. Where are you going? I don't know. I, I I keep trying to talk my wife into going out. And said, let's go someplace. She said, where do you want to go? I said, I don't know. I don't care. I just want to get out of the house. I'm going don't come here. crazy. Don't come here. It's hot as Hades. Oh, that doesn't bother me. I'm a Florida boy. Okay, well, then you can come here. Because <laughs> I'm not coming out to MaxDuck this year, so you have to come to me. Well, actually, I'm going to be in uh, Idaho next month. It's my mother-in-law's well, 90th birthday. Wait fly over. Yeah. I'll, just, okay. I'll say, okay, just circle around Arizona and, and I'll jump out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'd pay to watch that. <laughs> I'll put out the trampoline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get one of those bat wing suits. Well, yeah, I always, no, you, can't, you can't have, I was kidding, you can't well, have just, trampolines just... in Arizona. Really? <laughs> you can, but they but they rot, and you, you might jump oh, on it okay. one time, and it'll oh. break through, <laughs> and then go right through. Yeah, things get murdered out here. So, so what? Do you uh, I just like? say on your uh, a lot of crap. Uh, and as I say, uh, guy, just don't tell the pilot to dump to the uh, lavatory as he's flying over South Dakota on your way to. Uh, Blue uh, ice. We, uh, we need stuff, but we don't need that kind of stuff, man. Blue ice, yes. We got plenty of uh, snow and ice around here. We probably got about three inches of fluffy crap on you know, he needs another moment uh of that white crap on the ground here so but i think this week it's supposed to get up to the 60s yes that's my kind of weather uh so maybe we can actually see grass around here eventually you're talking about as a lawn right <laughs> sure yeah no Okay, uh, no, I've never, I've never partaken of the uh, the the illicit grass. No, I uh, neither uh, have I. What an grass, amazing so. coincidence! I think you just don't remember yeah. it. Uh, awesome, or I'm a terrible liar. One or the other. We'll go with that. You sure. Know, you, you know, you're talking about jumping out of the plane, guy. It's funny when I was, oh, this has been thirty some years ago. I got ready to go into the Air National Guard back then. Hmm? I applied, I was getting ready to go in the Air National Guard and I'd applied to the post office. Funny enough, the post office called first. Anyway, <laughs> and I worked Well, they're there. so similar. Yeah, that's what I thought too, both paramilitary. So, <laughs> but the kids, at, my kids asked me, said, Dad, why'd you want to go in the Air National Guard? Because I was going to join, it's a, up, uh, not too far from me, there's a, a cargo wing. I said, because I wanted to push shit out of airplanes and watch it fall. Because the, <laughs> Because we were, go- they got to push you know, like tanks out and jeeps out and shit. They said, "What if you fall?" I said, "No, no, you don't have to worry. They strap you into the plane. You got one of those hooks that if you fall out, they pull your ass back in." <laughs> in theory. Well, you know, it was a good thought, you know. But I just wanted yeah. to push big, heavy. Unless shit somebody out of cuts the strap. You know, I just thought that would be fun. It just seemed it probably like- would be. Yeah, I, 
And plus, I'd have a military pension because that unit got activated during the first Gulf War. I would have, you know, could have retired, had a military pension on top of my regular pension. <laughs> well, if they push me out of a plane, this is what you'll hear. <laughs> Hopefully I hit water at the end. We, not, not in Arizona, you won't. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. Best you can hope for is a soft cactus. Or a pool. <laughs> Somebody's pool. Oh, yeah, that, that might happen. There's a lot of pools. Oh, me. But anyway, folks, we, we have Guy here. And if you don't know, go check Guy and Gaz out on the MyMac podcast. If you have never heard of that show, it's well worth listening to. Gaz is great. You know, he is. There, then there's I Guy. suck. Yeah. yeah. There's a guy. <laughs> No, I'm. T- yeah, it was either it was either uh, March nineteenth was either our eighth or tenth anniversary, depending on how you do math. My math said ten, but when I actually looked at a calendar, it was eight. Okay. Um, are you using some other calendar? Is that the new math or something? No, it's, yeah, it's new math. Well, basically, what happened was uh, the the first podcast that Gaz and I did together was. Um, my Mac podcast 285 and we just did 702 yesterday and the um the date of that was March 19th 2010 so i was actually looking at something else and it was like oh well and i started to ask myself self when was that first podcast that you and gaz did so i went and i looked it up and i saw 2010 and it was like oh so it's been 10 years so that's what i tweeted out and and it went all over you know had lots of people going hey congratulations and then when he and i were were podcasting yesterday it was like oh crap it wasn't 10 years it was eight years but um yeah i I don't want to admit to that even though i just did yeah Yeah. we're sorry (laughs) (laughs) hey you invited me yeah so (laughs) let's not do that again yeah (laughs) We made yeah. mistakes one time, you know. <laughs> horrible, horrible mistake. So, but we do actually have topics. And I, I'm going to start off with my topic because my topic's bullshit. And, <laughs> no, uh, iOS 11.3 dropped. It was this week, right? Or was it the Uh-oh. end of last week? I, can't I feel remember. a rant coming on. Last yes. week, I think. Okay. So, and I was kind of happy about it because they put in that battery life indicator, and I'm throwing up big air quotes here, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was curious to see because I have two iPhones. I still have my iPhone 6 Plus that I got brand new that is my work phone. And I have my wonderful, as I refer to it, precious or luscious iPhone 7 Plus which I got new just a little over a year ago. I got it a year ago, February. I remember that. <clears throat> yes, it's very luscious. Anyway, I'm going to need a moment. No, I, but anyway, um, so I was curious to see how the batteries and stuff were doing. So I got it, and I loaded it up, and I looked on my 7 Plus, and it showed earlier this week when I looked at it, it showed the battery health as 97%. And I thought, well, you know, considering the phone's a little over a year old, I guess that's okay. I don't think that's too bad. I thought, oh crap, I I can't believe what I'm going to see when I go look at my 6 Plus, you know, considering that phone's what, four years old now, I guess? Yeah, four four years old, four gens back. Yeah, so I go look at it. Well, hold on a second. There was the the 6 and then the 6 Plus and then the 7, 7 Plus. 6 and 6 Plus came together. 
the oh, I'm sorry. 6S. Yeah, the, the 6S, and then the 7, 7S, and then the uh, 8 and 10. So, yeah, it's four gens back. Yeah. So I thought, oh, God, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of worried to see what the 6 Plus is going to show. So I take out the 6 Plus. I go, okay, let's see what it shows. Battery life, 100%. I said, what the frick? <laughs> you know, and I haven't been great with the battery on that thing. I tend to abuse it, and I'm going, wait, what? How can it be 100% on a four-year-old phone and my phone that, and I treat my battery and my 7 Plus very good. How can it be at, um, you know, 97% at the beginning of the week? And oddly enough, when I checked it this morning, it was at 93%. I'm going, wait, what? This is horseshit. How can... How can this be possible? How in the world can it be going down that fast? And how can a battery that's only a little over a year old have dropped that much? Because they're shitty batteries? No, I don't believe that. <laughs> I just don't believe that. I, you know, I, I do because I have a 6S, okay? And they had like a like a little private recall soon after those phones came out because mine was sucking. It was, it was starting to do the, the power down thing. Early on, when I when I had first bought it, now this is a 6S. I, I got it, you know, in September, like after it came out, and I took it to Apple. They replaced the battery for free, and it's now my husband's phone, and it's what two two years old now, and it's still eligible for another battery replacement. So the battery in that phone just really sucked. But my six, I hope the battery that they put in it, it's going to be better. I don't. But it just I was like, what the hell? Why is the six? so much better than my 7 Plus. I mean, it just didn't... Uh, I, I can't understand that. I, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, I mean, I and I checked my iPad Air 2, which you can't even get the battery indicator, and that, why in the hell isn't that available on an, on an iPad? Why the hell doesn't it come up and give you that availability? Why is it iPhone special and the, and the iPad not? Well, I think that's mostly just because of, you know, all the crazy crap that happened um, when the, you know, the whole battery gate nonsense thing that, that, that happened. And I mean, there are still, there are still. Nobody complained about it in an iPad. Well, I mean, the iPad has such a, a larger battery that, you know, I, I think even though it has the bigger screen and, and. You know, I I just think it lasts longer, yeah, in in a typical iPad than it would in an iPhone. Plus, we're, you're always using your iPhone, yeah, as yeah. compared to the iPad. Yeah, it's right. I mean, but it would be nice. Well, and I, I was going to say the iPhone. When you're you're breaking up, Mike. Oh, um, the iPhone with that, where the iPad, Come on, you're Steve probably, Austin. Oh, let me turn off my uh, my uh, video. Here. There we go. Uh, um, yeah, so um, you're, the iPhone, you're mobile, whereas the iPad, you're probably home near some sort of source to charge it. Um, and so, yeah, that, that would be as big a deal for the iPad as it would be for the iPhone, because if you're out somewhere and your phone starts to die on you, um, you're going to want it to, uh, you know, you're going to want your battery to be reliable. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you do want it to be reliable. Um, but I, I I did download 
I forget what the app is called, the battery checking app. And I, I did compare... Is it Geekbench? No, I don't. Wait a minute, let me see what it is. I got it on my beautiful... Wait a minute. Uh, Your other precious? Yeah. <laughs> let me see what it is here on the on the phone. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I know. So guess what? Mike Mike and I have an 8 Plus. What do you have, Guy? I have an 8 Plus. Oh, okay. So all three of us have the same. And Kevin's got a 7 Plus. Mm-hmm. And a 6 Plus, right? Yeah. I've got the app called Battery Life. Hmm. And how does that compare with the uh, the built-in battery checker that Apple just released with 11.3? It compares. I don't. Can you let me see if I can get? I it don't to you. trust the the built-in battery checker. I I don't know. I just don't. I because Apple just has that history of always like, you know, under promising and over delivering. So you guys see that I just like I can probably... see it, but I don't understand what it what it's saying. It's saying seven percent low. It's saying seven percent wear. So in other words, it's ninety three. So it's matching what, what the Apple one says. What the Apple one says. Um, okay. I think that's right. Let me look here again. Battery health beta. Yeah, maximum capacity is ninety three percent. Okay. Well, then why do you say it's bullshit? Well, I say it's bullshit because how can a phone that's four years old be 100% that I have abused the battery in? I mean, I have abused the battery in my sixth. Well, we're not doubting that you abuse things, Kevin. (laughs) I abuse a lot of things, but I'm just saying. What do you do do to abuse it? What's your definition of battery abuse? You're talking about the phone, right? Yes. In this case, the phone. I, I Not mean, that other thing in your hand. That's no. right. Wait, where'd it go? The um, <laughs> the you know how they always say you know you should let it run way down before you chart you know that. Well, that that's not should. necessarily yeah. true anymore. Yeah. Um, that was true with the older lithium. I think the lithium batteries, Melissa. Yeah. Yeah. These uh, are- where. Yeah, these are. Uh, I it, it's like some bizarre amalgamation of metals i i don't know but the uh the, that but that's a, a ongoing problem with lithium batteries is that you have to continue to condition them in order to get full use out of them but these new batteries uh i don't think it really matters whether you you know let it go all the way down to five percent before you charge or if you plug it in at the end of the day when it's at 62 percent or or what have you well, the problem with the six S's was that you couldn't even do that because you'd get to like twenty percent and it would just randomly shut off. So you never really get to see that five percent or the three percent or whatever, and it, it would just be like random. Sometimes it would be twenty percent, sometimes it would be ten percent, and then you'd you'd boot it back up again, and it would say it was at thirty five percent. So it, that's why I just don't trust any kind of battery indicator from Apple because it's always been so suspect for me. Well, and. You know, I the other thing that makes me not trust it is the fact that between I can't remember whether it was Monday or Tuesday and today, I've lost four percent of my capacity. That doesn't make any sense either. I'm sorry, it just I'm I'm not a battery engineer, but it just doesn't make any freaking sense to me at all that I lost four mm-hmm. percent of capacity in that short amount of time. Well, I mean, we don't really know what the but you know the 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 various algorithms or or data points that Apple is looking at to, to determine battery health, uh, but depending on 
when you actually fire that up for the first time, you know, it may take a little bit of time and a couple of cycles, recharge cycles for it to, to make that determination. Well, it's maybe. not necessarily going to be an instantaneous thing. And all the, it seems like tools are inconsistent too, because have any of you ever used iMazing? Because no. that one will tell you your battery health. And when I was trying to troubleshoot the 6S, it told me that the battery was poor, you know, in poor condition, poor which, is, which, which is what, what seemed legit for me because of what I was actually <laughs> experiencing. But then when I used the Apple support app and actually contacted Apple support, they remotely did a battery diagnostic and told me it was good. And I was like, well, I think this is BS because what I'm experiencing is not matching up with what your report says. Well, you know, Elisa had the same thing with her iPad Air 2, because her and I both have an Air 2. And she noticed that, and I'm noticing it now too, my Air 2, the battery seems to drain fairly quickly, a lot quicker than it used to. And this same battery app that I have on my phone, I put on it, um, and it says I'm down 17%. Now, I use the hell out of my Air 2, because as I've said on the show previously, that probably I'm probably at better than 80% of my personal computing on that I do now because of things I do on my iOS devices. I either do it on my phone, my iPads, or some combination of the two, or some of my other tablets, because, like Mike, I have a tablet problem. Yes, my name's Kevin, and I have a tablet problem. I mean, I've got my Android tablet laying here. I've got another Android tablet upstairs. I've got three iPads upstairs. You know, it's just a problem, but we won't go into that right now. But, um, and two iPhones. But anyway, uh, you know, it's just a problem that I have. But I do do most of my computing now on iOS devices, and I really like that. But, um, well, there's, there's really, there's not a whole lot that you can't do on an iOS device as compared to a Mac or a PC anymore. Except, for I mean, what we're the doing last, right now. No, you can't. I've recorded, I recorded, uh, the last three, Macworld Expos, I didn't even take a Mac laptop. I did everything on an iPad. It's true. I've seen it. (laughs) I know, and I saw what you carried to them. Remember, you carried a lot of that out here the day you came for our play date. Yeah. So I'm not quite there to be able to set up that much stuff to do it, but... uh, (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, it's not that it was better. Uh, it certainly was a lot lighter because prior to that, I had a Pelican case just filled with crap that I was taking out and having to lug around because it wasn't like in, you know, in the, in the big press area that they had at the Macworld Expo, I was going to leave all of this gear just sitting there. So I had to carry it around with me everywhere I went. So I'm dragging it all over the show floor. But with the, with the iPad, I basically had, um, I had two uh, ATR 2100 microphones. I had two, uh, or sorry, I had one, uh, it was an audio interface. I don't remember what it is now, but it may have been from, um, IK multimedia, uh, but it would take two, um, XLR microphones into it and, and come out with one. And I was using various apps on the iPhone to record everything, but I could take that same microphone and then record interviews with my iPhone so that I, you know, and basically everything fit into a, a small little sack that I was, I was just carrying around. It was certainly a lot easier. So the editing part and all the rest of that took much longer. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I tried to edit this show a while back on um, uh, using uh, oh, the other, what is it, Twisted Wave on the iPad, but I didn't like the, the way it worked. It wasn't, the experience on the iPad was not as good there as it is on my Mac. So, you know, I'm a... Well, there, there, are, there are multi-track uh, recording apps for iOS, yeah, and I've used I've used a bunch of I couldn't tell you what they were off the top of my head because I haven't looked at them in a long time, but I mean you do have those options. Oh, I know, and I've seen a couple. There's a YouTuber that I follow, and I cannot remember, and I apologize off the top of my head. Uh, he actually does mo- almost everything, if not everything, on an iPad, and he actually has a kind of neat looking setup. He has the little dongle, and he runs. He does, I mean, guys seen my setup. You know that I sit here among yeah. uh, multi-monitors and all that sort sure. of thing. He actually has uh, mm. multi-monitors hooked to his iPad. And I yeah. think, oh, that's so cool. You know, Though just, that just recently got broken with oh, the latest did. version of iOS. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was all excited and have to go take another cold shower when I was thinking about that. <laughs> so, but I mean... You know, it, it's great that we can do that, and I'm, I'm happy that Apple is moving us in that direction because, really, I'm thinking that when my beloved iMac finally doesn't do what I need it to do anymore, that I don't know that I would buy another new iMac, because I sunk a crap ton of cash into this thing in 2011. I would probably buy, you know, go to OWC, and maybe, like Mike did with his Mac Mini, and get a used uh, iMac a low-end one to do this sort of stuff on and then move over, you know, make my iPads more, even more my primary computers to do stuff on. I really think that's where I'm headed. I'd really love to lay my hands on a 12.9-inch iPad Pro uh, donation success. <laughs> I have one. I, I was going to say, take the, it over for another another mandate. For, for the first gen. I have the first gen one. And then six months after that, they came out with one for the same price that uh-huh. had double the storage. And I'm not bitter at all. Not, not you can tell all. from the sound of my voice. Or the look on your face doesn't show any bitterness. No. That's the thing, too. Um, my, uh, my phone has 256, my iPhone 7 Plus. And that, to me, has been perfect. I have yet to go much more than about 60% usage on my phone, and I'm not really trying to manage the storage hard. You know, I'm downloading shit tons of video podcasts on it, audio podcasts on it, and I'm not... And you're not using iCloud, are you? No. I'm not trying to manage the storage closely. So I really think that if I get an iPad with 256 gigs or more of storage, maybe even 512 if I push it, I, I don't know what I, you know... I could get by with a simple iMac, maybe even go down to a 21 and a half inch iMac. Uh, what are the 4K ones that came out? What did they come out? Mm-hmm. Two years ago? Or 2015, two? I think. Yeah. Because I looked on OWC the other day. They're not that expensive. Um, I would try to get one with 16 gigs of RAM because I still think that's shitty that you can't upgrade the RAM in them yourself, but different story. Um I, I could maybe cut back on that, and then the next time guy came out for a play date, there'd be a little less monitor real estate in front of him. <laughs> or I'd go out and get one of those big uh, wraparound monitor screens so that I'd be completely enveloped in screen real estate. I was going to say, if you don't have your monitors, you're going to get mighty pasty looking. <laughs> well, that's yeah. just it. If, if the monitors are going all the way around you, you're basically, it's like a 24-hour suntan. 
Yeah, that's good. I'll tell my wife that. I'll explain to her that I need <laughs> yeah. one of those 34-inch wraparound monitors. So, yeah. Yeah, that'll work. Then she'll wrap something around your neck. So. <laughs> well, see, that would be that would be a reason to get a nice 42-inch flat-screen TV and put on the wall up here in front of me, guy, and get an Apple TV so I can broadcast up to there. Kevin wants his own personal Apple spaceship in his in his house. Yes, I do actually. Just don't walk into it. Yeah, I just want this. I just want the whole Steve Jobs theater thing. That's all I want. So that's my rant you know, about enough seating. Enough seating for myself and five thousand of my closest friends. There you go. We'll all be down to your house immediately, guy. Great. So that's my bitch rant, whatever you want to call it about <laughs> the battery. But we do have more topic. Guy seems to be fascinated by. I think something's going on with the the Apple and changing processors or something. Yeah, I don't know if it's you know. For a long time, I made the prediction that Apple was eventually going to move to ARM processors for the Mac. And then sure enough, as soon as uh, the rumors started flying that they were going to do that in 2020, I was like, oh, no, Apple will never do that. No, no, never. And there was there was a couple of reasons for it. I think that one of the big ones was that um, there's supposed to be a new Mac Pro out, which is going to be a different story that we're going to talk about later. And that's not supposed to come out until next year. Well, are they? Would they really come out with a super expensive Mac Pro for the Pro market, and then in the very next year replace their entire? And it's not just a matter of replacing the the, the processor in the Mac. You also have to now recompile all of the software for the Mac for an ARM processor because the x86 stuff isn't going to work. So, yeah, you know, the, the more that people started talking about ARM processes for the Mac, the more I realized what a, what a, a, a stupid horse that I was jumping on for all those years. And I, don't, I still don't think that they're going to do it. I, you know, I, just, I just can't see it happening. Didn't we already suffer enough with Classic and Rosetta? Well, could they? Yeah, hmm. really. Well, I was going to say, could they go like a souped-up version of the ones that they use in their iPads and iPhones. Oh, the A10X? Put in, so then they would have the same, yeah, the same structure base, so then you could have Atros and Mac, um, so then you wouldn't have to have duplicate apps for between the two. Uh, because obviously Apple uh, doesn't want to make any more money than they need to by selling separate no. apps, but... Um, well, that was, I don't have that in here, but that was actually another story. Uh, there's a, there's a supposed secret project called, uh, Marzipan, <clears throat> excuse me, Marzipan, which is supposed to be, uh, recompiling, uh, iOS apps to work on the Mac. And that also makes no sense to me because, it, you know, iOS apps, just the, the user interface for them are, is so different than than what you have for the Mac that it just doesn't it just again it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I I mean I I don't know. I mean it's always about what's the best way to do something, but I don't know. I mean well with I, Apple it's always what's the best way in five different versions of how to do well, something. Well, there's but always, it's like, it's there's like, always five different ways to do one task. If yeah. if you have you have a company and you of course as 
president, CEO, whatever of that company, want to make as much money as you possibly can. And you have a, 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 um, a I almost said project. You, you have a device like an iPhone that is essentially about 75% of your revenue stream that's coming in. So why would you spend time and resources to move applications from that 75% so that it would run on the the 15 to 20% for this other, this other uh, project that you have going on? It, It just, it doesn't fly. And the weird thing is the Mac isn't number two in the revenue stream. The Mac is actually like third or fourth. Yeah, number really. one is the iPhone and, you know, basically iOS in general. Number two is now services. Services, services is yeah. like is like growing in leaps and bounds. And that all ties in again to iOS. So mm-hmm. why would you why would you try to make the Mac, which isn't really growing, to be able to run all of the applications in the segment that is growing? Now, what I what I can see is instead of because right now across the board you have uh, and this isn't just iOS this is Android as well there there has been a kind of a flattening of sales for smartphones because pretty much everyone in the developed world that wants a smartphone has a smartphone so at this point it's about retention it's about okay well you're going to get your next smartphone. And if you're on Android, you're going to go from Samsung to Huawei or, or, you know, 10 billion other different companies that are making Android smartphones, or you're going to stick with Apple and get an iOS device. Well, how do you get people excited enough to move from one platform to another platform? The easy answer is you add capabilities that the other side either doesn't have, or that the side that, that you are currently part of uh, wants. And to me, that's where you have something that's the size of an iPhone and the power of a personal computer, which is what is inside this thing. The only problem is you can't put this on a big screen. You can't, you can't take what you see on your iPhone screen and put it on a really big monitor, or at least not easily. But what if you had a small little docking device and you take your phone and you take your iPad and you drop it into this dock, the software inside the phone recognizes the dock. And now instead of just a touchscreen device, you have a mouse and you have a GUI and you can have multiple applications running on the same desktop. And I've already seen it work, not with iOS, but with Android. Yeah. With with this little device, whoa, ah, everything is falling to pieces. With this little device right here, Kevin can see it. Yeah. It's the Remix Mini. This cost me $70. You plug this in. It's got two USB ports. You can see it, Kevin. Yeah. Two USB ports, an Ethernet an port, HDMI, and uh, audio out right, right. there. Mm-hmm. It has Bluetooth. It has Wi-Fi. You plug this into a monitor. And you have what looks like a Windows screen. And you have multiple applications that you can have running in in different parts of the screen. You're not limited to just one program at a time. And 
You know, okay, what, if, what if you did that with iPad and exactly. multitasking on AirPlay to an Apple TV and a, and a shit ton big monitor? I mean, wouldn't that accomplish the same goal? It, it, it could accomplish the same goal. The problem is wireless connectivity when you're talking about. Okay, so that's a wired version that yeah. you have right there. But yeah. you can still do it with an iPad and wired. You can. There's you HDMI. You can, but, but it requires. I'm just playing it, devil's advocate with you here. I know. I just think that that would require a lot more horsepower than than what is currently inside of, of your phone or would require. Um, yeah, it would require processing power that, that would be better off being served using applications. Well, you know, you talk about how you get people excited about new devices and moving them over. It's odd because uh, about a month and a half ago, I guess, I got, my wife had an Android phone, and she never really used it that much. And I thought, well, you know what, I need to get her an iPhone, and then she'll jump in and really start using it more. <laughs> so I got her a deal on a brand new iPhone SE, because she doesn't like big phones, because she complains. Yeah, my wife uses an SE, too. I got it. Uh, I've made no secret of it. We use TrackPhone. TrackPhone mm-hmm. had a 32 gig SE for 199. Ooh, good brand, price. Brand new. I ordered it. Uh, giving it to her. She doesn't use it at all, hardly, other than to make a call. She's just not a phone person. She yeah, doesn't use her phone as a computer. She uses her phone as a phone. Right. Pretty much. And I mean, I even put uh, Othello and. Mahjong on there, which are two of her favorite electronic games that she plays, and she's just not interested in it at all. So I've I've seen that happen time and time again with my clients. There's there's people that have this belief that, and you're probably one of them. There's nothing wrong with that. That you think that well, if I if, if you build it, they will come. If yeah. I if I give it to her, she'll use it. If but I make a, it better, there's a joke there, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> right? Yeah, really. If if you make it if you make it a, you, from your perception a better experience, then they'll use it. Right? That's not always correct. It doesn't always work that way. It doesn't translate that way. No, you and, can't get people excited about using a phone as a computer when all they want is a phone. They don't want a computer in their phone. They just want a damn phone. <laughs> Well, yeah, right, but could, what if the computer was their phone? Well, what if what if it was just a matter of plugging it into a little dock, and they can take it from from work to home to wherever, and anytime they want like a a, a regular desktop computer experience, they just plug their phone in. It sounds a lot like what you're describing is the Nintendo Switch. Um. Mm. In in a gaming platform sense, because that's what yeah. what they've done. You drop it into a dock. Platform. Yeah, in the gaming platform sense, you're right, Melissa. So you just have to translate that type of thinking. Well, to let's let's flip it around though. Communication, computing sense. Well, you let. Sure. Well, let's flip it around. Yeah, we were talking about being able to run apps on the the computer. How about they don't have to support another platform because you, you said you got x86 and then you got the uh, the iOS uh, structure right. there. So what if they just basically did away with the x86 stuff and yeah, then your your personal computer, when you want a bigger screen, you, when you want to do more stuff than what a touch screen will allow, you dock your phone. So then they have to some less platform um and then they could take that resources because you know where Apple is so constrained on resources. Uh, they could take that and put it to something else. Uh, come out, uh, um, 
you know, uh, maybe work on their Apple TV. I don't know, but you know, do uh, put it somewhere else. But so then that way they wouldn't be supporting a uh, you know, like I said, the x86 platform. And I don't know that it bugs Apple that you know, there's uh, there's a Hackintosh thing out there. You got to be kind of dedicated. Well, yeah, Hackintosh. And I don't know how they feel if that's not a, a not on their radar or how they feel about it. But well, the Hackintosh. I mean. The the whole Hackintosh community is so small that Apple ignores it. Essentially, they they it's just not enough to make a big a big hairy ass deal out of it. And if Apple actually did drop x86 for the Mac, it would essentially kill the entire Hackintosh community. It would be dead overnight because you can't. I don't know of mm-hmm. of any yep. desktop or laptop computers that are you know essentially. Uh, not only ARM-based, but with an ARM processor that's similar to Apple's uh, A10X chips. Yeah, I don't either. I can't think of anything that that Mm-mm. works exact works close enough to that. But you know, you talk about what you're talking about, guy. I don't know if you remember about six years ago. I guess it was Motorola had a. They came out with a phone. Was an Android-based phone, mm-hmm. and you got a laptop. You could get a laptop that you slid the phone into, similar yes. to that thing that Razer now has. That uh, uh, that you know, it became a computer. It became mm-hmm. your computer. So they did that, and it worked pretty well. Um, I actually almost got one of those, but I begged off, and I ended up getting this thing called an iPhone four. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the problem the problem with that on the Android side is that there are just too many players and it's too easy for Google to sit there and say, you know what? We don't want to support that anymore. And with a a simple flick of the upgrade switch, uh, the entire thing goes away. If, and you haven't heard anything really about that since like the remix or the razor or Motorola's products, you know, this is the, the, the market just wasn't there for it because they're, None of those companies, other than Google, actually created the OS, whereas Apple is in the unique position. They have both the OS and the hardware, so they can make whatever determination that they want to make concerning the hardware and the software. Well, yeah, and that's another problem, too. Like I said, I have multiple tablets. I have multiple Android tablets around here, and I get really frustrated with some of them. That I I got one that it's a nice little tablet. It's by New Vision. I can't push, you know, it's stuck it without hacking that crap out of it. I can't get it mm-hmm. into a newer version of Android. It's stuck at 5.1 right. or some shit like that. I've got an Android phone here that's a nice Alcatel phone that I used before I got my 7 Plus that was my personal phone. Can't get it up beyond where it is. I mean, this is ridiculous. But that's the one thing that makes me stay with, that's one of the many things that keeps me on iOS is because... Apple keeps supporting these older devices. Mm-hmm. Right. Three, four years down the line. That's yeah. that's the reason why when people call me and ask me, oh, well, can you help my grandma with her Android phone? I'm like, ooh, mm. I, I'm really hesitant to take that on because yeah. I can't provide, uh, at least I know what I'm getting when it, when it comes to providing service for Apple products. I know what I can reasonably, I know what I can expect, and I know what I can deliver as a consultant. With, with Android, it's like, I can't I can't make any promises. I can't. I can't make any money off of that because I, I would feel poorly about charging people for something that I just don't understand or that changes on me midway through trying to support somebody on it or, or that just stops working. You know, I just, I can't, 
I can't deliver on that. I just yeah. can't deliver on that. And I mean, but yet I still love to play with Android. It's like I said, I mentioned the last time I was on, I got my wife was kind enough. I'm holding it up because everybody on the show can see this. This is an Android tablet that she gave me for Christmas. It's great. Mm. It's running 7.1, I think it is. And I so love lolly it. ice cream dish yeah. thing. I think it's still got now. Together. Who who makes that tablet? So who makes the hardware? Is it good hardware? It's RCA. It's made by RCA. Okay. And so how long will you be able to use it? And can you up, can you keep consistently upgrading it easily? through the next uh, versions of Android. I'm not sure if I can or not. That's the only see, problem. You, see, right now, you don't even know. Like, you can't... I'm not, you know, ragging on you, but you can't even answer that question. Yes, you, you are. just don't know. <laughs> Shame on you, Melissa. I'm, I'm ragging on the Android. <laughs> but the good, the good thing is, I know what this tablet costs, and at yeah. the price it costs, I can I can use it for as long as I can, and I can't. I cannot panic over that fact. Okay. So and then it, just replace it. It's, it's, so it's throwaway hardware. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah, because it, at um, this thing was, I think, a hundred and ten dollars. So I mean, that's not peanut. That's not you know. No, I'd peanut. use a hundred and ten dollars and put it towards better software on the Apple platform. <laughs> I'd but, use that to buy a bunch of apps and music and and iCloud ser- and services. There you go, services. But I do now. The services stuff gets on my nerves anyway. But we'll go into that right. But I do like the idea of being able to keep my hands in all these multiple pies like Mike well, does. Sure, sure. But that's not the the average consumer, which is kind of goes right. back to what Guy was right. talking about. That's why they won't go that way. Right. People, I think it's it's about using the right tool for the job at, at hand. And for a lot of people, there's things that they can do on an iOS touchscreen that accomplishes tasks better than on a desktop platform. And vice versa. Well, yeah, and that's where it comes down to the, you know changing processors in in the Mac mm-hmm. itself. I mean, I have to admit, I never owned a brand new Mac until they put the Intel chip in the MacBook because mm-hmm. that was my first brand new Mac. As I bought a black MacBook, yes, I paid mm-hmm. premium like a dumbass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked nice. It was, <coughs> and it was a great nice. computer, and I sold the thing for. I think I sold it for six hundred and some dollars. You know, I bought it in two thousand seven, two thousand twelve. I sold it for about six hundred bucks. That's the other thing is that they hold their value. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. Like just like I said, and Android stuff is throwaway. It's throwaway equipment. It's throwaway hardware. Yeah. You don't throw away if you're smart anyway. You don't throw away an Apple device. You just don't throw them away. You re- yeah. you might recycle them if they're like really really super old. Well, but you can keep, you know, up at, well, that's the other thing, the beef that I have with, with Apple recently in the last couple of years. It, I, I love, like, I just did this not long ago. You guys saw I sat on the floor and I took apart a bunch of different, a bunch of different laptops to cobble together one working laptop for my kid. You know, his something had gone wrong with it. One of the, the I think the hard drive died in it or something. And I was able to take apart four different machines to put back together one usable, serviceable machine. You, I just, I don't know how you would do that with <laughs> other stuff. You know, you just, I just don't, that's why I don't throw shit away. I have closets full of shit because I've always been able to, all these years, been able to just take apart, you know, oh, I need more RAM. I'll take it out of this one and put it into this one. I, I've always been able to cobble stuff together. And I love that. But I, but that's sort of going away because I'm not going to sit there and unsolder stuff. Well, I'm using... Go ahead. go ahead, Mike. No, go ahead, Guy. 
I'm using a um, an iPod Touch six gen uh, with a with a mount in my car to do uh, an every other day daily drive show that I record on my way to work, and it 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 you know and the when did the last iPod Touch come out? Two three years that's, ago. That's another thing you can always repurpose those devices for something mm-hmm. long after they've outserved you know their original use. You can always repurpose them. I have old iPod touches and old iPods laying around and you know I hand them to the kids for when they want to you know listen to just their own music and leave us alone or old <laughs> iPod touches serve as a, an Apple TV remote as long as they keep that working. Well I have You can always repurpose it. I just showed you those old iPods I have. I was just holding them up for you guys to see. Those are some that uh, our late friend uh Dorothy Yamamoto sent me because she was cleaning out. She said I know you like them. I still have my first gen iPod touches. I still have my fifth gen iPod, uh, iPod, the first one that played video. Yeah, um, I still. Yeah, people have... keep the stuff. They just hold on to them for sentimental value, even if it's not really worth anything to well, sell. And, yeah, and you don't see you don't see many computer museums that have like five to ten year old PC hardware because right. nobody cares. Right, and it's school. just crap. Schools hold on to them. I mean, I don't want to get into the whole education thing. That's a whole other episode. But but schools hold on to the stuff for a long, long time before it gets upgraded. I mean, that's part in part because of funding, but also because it lasts a lot longer. You can get more longevity out of it. I just, I don't know. Can you go into computer labs in schools and see eight-year-old computers that are still functional and still working? Or I mean, usable. Yeah, you, you'll, Right, usable. You'll see eight-year-old. I mean, you'll see fifteen-year-old machines, but are they usable? I mean, can the kids actually use them? Well, they, yeah. I, I just, I don't, I don't. If think it's a Mac, it. yes. That's what I'm saying. It's not. It, I just don't see Windows boxes like that. Yeah. That have been there for years and years and years that haven't been ravaged by viruses or ransomware or just you know break broken down pieces because it's so such cheap plastic. Well, there's all a- I see is crappy you know pc boxes that are cobbled together but it's all it's just crap it, it doesn't look very nice it doesn't the kids get frustrated they don't it's so bad that they don't even want to steal the shit anymore because it's just so crappy well okay thing, exactly <laughs> that's yeah. what i have to say about that yeah well sorry. let's also i'm sorry let's keep in mind though just, just to defend that, uh, to defend Windows here a little bit. The schools are going out and buying the cheapest ones they can. You can sure. go out and get good uh, Windows PCs if you want to put some money into it. If you want to spend as much money on a Windows PC as you do on a Mac, you can put together a pretty good uh, computer. It's called a gaming computer, and that's mm-hmm. something that bugs me about Apple. Is that uh, if you want to play games, don't get an Apple. Uh, I mean, you know, the high-end gaming fault. stuff. And I'm not a high-end gamer. No. But like I say, is that still uh, yeah, really like true? Said, though yeah, that's is that thing, still though. true? So you know, it is. Yes. You know, I mean, well, if if you're running, they don't put good graphics cards in there. No, it's it's got nothing to do with the graphics card because most people. I mean, if you look at the specs for the the most popular games, the graphic requirements are not that high. Uh, if you're talking about, you know, I mean, will it run? Oh, what the hell was the name of that game? It was a meme for a while. Um. It was some some game that was like super super high end, um, but re- like regardless, World of Warcraft or something. No, like that? no, it wasn't World. Of, it was um, I, I can't think of what it is no. now. But you know, most of the games that that right. 
are popular that people go out and play are you can play them on relatively low end hardware because the the game developers set it up that way. They want okay. as many people as possible with the lowest spec right. computer possible to play these games. That makes sense because you know I have a a, a kid who's becoming a teenager and I'm and I'm seeing the frustration. I'm so sorry. I know, right? <laughs> Weep for me now. Uh, there was a I can't remember the name of the game now either. Um, at neighborhood something. It was a really cool, creepy game that he was so excited about. And there were rumors that they were going to develop it for Mac. I think it was on the Steam platform. And it ended up being that they decided not to make it for Mac. And, Fortnite. you know, it, it was... No, it, it has something to do with uh, neighbor or neighborhood. It's about this guy. It's this mystery. And he sneaks into his neighbor's house and all this Crisis. Stuff. That was the name of the game, Crisis. So you were thinking of, yeah, the one that I'm thinking oh, of. Oh, yeah, that's to do the with one, neighbors. Yeah. Right. Um, but anyway, I mean, my kids, my kids were so excited about it. They learned the theme song. They watched, you know, (laughs) countless hours on YouTube of, of gamers, you know, gaming on it and playing the beta versions of it. And they were so excited about it. And then it didn't materialize for the Mac and it's it's just crushing. So yeah, that pisses me off. I mean, that makes sense what you're saying. They want to have, I guess, you know, massive amounts of people playing their game and there's not enough people that have Macs that are gamers, I guess, because of that perceived, because of that perception all these years. It just, it just, I guess it hasn't changed. Well, but well again, I, it comes down to, it comes down to whether or not Mac's developers what, will make those games for the Mac. 10, 15% of the market. It's, I mean, Feral Interactive has, has carved right. out quite a nice little niche. Do you, do you want to take the time to invest it? Yeah. I mean, well, I'm not a I'm not a game developer. It's called but Hello Neighbor. Sure. That's what it's called. Hello Neighbor, a stealth horror game. I like Kevin's suggestion. <laughs> Mr. Rogers, Zombie Neighborhood. <laughs> Won't you well, be my neighbor? <laughs> well, play, look how big Plants vs. Zombies got. Look how big Angry Birds or uh, yeah, Angry Birds got on the iOS platform. I mean, it, it iOS yeah. is a is a pretty good gaming platform. Yeah, there's the and look at how many people are making. It's kind of like that. It's it's in, it's interesting. It's like there's a lot of desktop plat, uh, developers making games for the the Microsoft platform, but when you compare Android to iOS, there's probably more developers making games for iOS than there is for Android. Well, not necessarily, but the, all the money is in iOS. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's where the money okay. is because they're making it, but they're not making money off of it unless it's iOS. Right. Right. Yeah, because a lot of the games because of the I, fragmentation. Yeah, a lot of the games I play in iOS, I can also play on Android, and I do. I play them both times, and I attack myself. You know, and it's it's great to play against <laughs> myself. We won't go into that, but that's just a whole other story. But yeah, they they do make them both ways, but the monetization is much better, I think, for the developers in iOS because, like people like me that put iTunes gift cards, they can quickly spend 99 cents for something you sure. know, on iOS where unless you buy a Google Play card, and I don't know a lot of people that use those, you don't, you're not mm-hmm. spending that 99 cents as much maybe with uh, Google. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm just just putting it out there. It does seem to, to make, be more in-app purchases 
which are a whole mm-hmm. other thing. And, and I can hear Mark Greentree screaming at me right now about in-app purchases. <laughs> he and I have had that argument multiple times. How did we even get on this? I don't It was know. like a roundabout way. We were talking about ARM for the Mac, and somehow we've we've gone into gaming for yeah. iOS. You you do know you're on the geekiest show ever, right? Welcome yeah. to our world. Welcome to our world, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this this is this is how our world turns. Welcome to how the geekiest show ever turns. So, <laughs> hold on, because you will fly off, and we'll get it going too fast. Because guy like Mike and I are old enough to remember the merry-go-rounds on the playground. You spin it. Sure. I'm your old friends. enough to remember that too. I've thrown up on oh, enough. Lord. Of them. <laughs> I was more of a throw myself off the swing set kind of guy. Ah. Uh-huh. Were, we, were we supposed to stop that now? I'm no. Still but... doing it. <laughs> Yeah, except they don't make swing sets that will accommodate my uh, frame. I've got one. Come over and play again. <laughs> <laughs> Come on over. I bet I'll, I'll get I'll get a two foot vertical easy. Okay, good. I have my porch swing out back that's been slightly modified. Slightly modified. <laughs> it's that seventeen foot drop from the deck that's the hard part. Yeah, oh, Lord. I can see that. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to move us along since nobody else will. I want to know what what you want to talk about with this uh, Apple's redesigned Mac Pro in 2019. Yeah, well, that was kind of what I was was, uh, mentioning earlier for why they wouldn't be moving the Macs to the ARM chip. Uh, There was a, uh, let's see, his name is, no, that's not it. It's um, Tom Boger, Boger, maybe. Uh, Apple's senior director of Mac hardware product marketing uh, said that they want to be transparent and communicate openly with their pro community. So we want them to know that the Mac Pro is a 2019 product. It's not something for this year. So uh, originally when Phil Schiller came out and was like, you know, in 2013, he was saying, can't innovate my ass. And then last year he was saying, sorry, we, we can't innovate our asses out of this. Um, they essentially said that the, the new Mac Pro is going to come out in 2018. And so this is a significant departure from um, what Tim Cook had been saying uh, just last year, that the, the new Mac Pro was, was a product that was going to come out in 2018. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's what they had been saying. They, they kept saying it was going to be a... Uh uh, you know, something they they had some excite. They were really excited about the Mac Pro, or yeah. Well, they made a statement saying that they were that there were some great products coming down the line, and 2018 was going to be a knockout year. And so far, we've gotten a 329 dollar iPad that you can use a pencil with. Um, there hasn't been. Well, it uh, was only April. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean that we're now we're now one third one third of the way through the year, or close to one third of the way through the year, and there hasn't really been anything. You know, it's it's just been smoke and mirrors, kind of. So you know, where we we've gotten updates recent, relatively recently. Excuse me for the iMac and for the MacBook Pro. Uh, there hasn't really been one for the MacBook. I think the MacBook Air is a dead product, and there hasn't an been the anything. TV. Sorry, there's sort of been an update for the Apple TV. We got Apple Watch three. Yeah, but I mean, those are those are niche products mm-hmm. as compared to the Mac. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And while the yeah. Mac is kind of a niche product when you compare it to iOS, it's still you're still talking a lot of money. When was the last time the Mac Mini was updated? Yeah, it's know, there's no love for the Mac Mini. Yeah, really. So we've we've got you know we have uh, unless unless Apple's plan is to just completely drop mm. the Mac line and come out with with some other you know desktop series of products. You know where's where's the love? Where is it for the for desktop desktop devices? Which is you know part of the thing why I was thinking well you know maybe they're they've decided that um, desktop computers just aren't really needed anymore. You know a, a lot of the rest of the world is kind of moving toward thin clients where you you're not really running an operating system. Everything is is through the cloud. Your storage is in the cloud. Your apps are in the cloud. All of your content is in the cloud, and so at that point, does it really matter whether or not you're running an operating system as compared to a browser? Yeah, because software as a service, or SaaS as they call it, is very big in the corporate space now. I mean, that's where, yeah. you, that's where you hear everything going to. So. Our company is moving to Office 365. We move, mm-hmm. We've already moved, but I mean... Well, you know, you know where I work, you're so, right. yeah, well, so let's not say that here. Yeah. But um, the the fact that that even the, the people that I work for are moving to cloud services is kind of telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean it, it. In some ways, I'm glad to see it. In other ways, I'm still a little uncomfortable with software as a service. It, I I guess maybe I you know because of my old days as being a software developer when I wrote code and things like that back in the. Ancient yeah, you have an attachment to it. That's understandable. But I, I like knowing I had control over the code, or I had control over the program that ran on my machine. And because mm-hmm. I still remember years ago, back when we first brought the internet into into the company I worked for, and one of the guys there he was an older gentleman. He got he got to really liking MapQuest when MapQuest was the mapping thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, MapQuest pers- pushed out a new version. He comes to me. Kevin, you updated the version of MapQuest on my computer. You need to put the old version back. And I went, I said, Uh-oh. Ted, Uh-oh. Um, I don't control that. That's that's right. not a software we install on your machine. Right. What do you yeah, mean? That's it's a WebOS. So he, you know, he, it took me, I, after 10 or 15 minutes, I explained to, explained to him, help him understand what was going on. He said, well, how can I get back to the other version? I said, uh-huh. you can't. can't. You're stuck. It's, uh, snuggies. You're you're where you're at, and you've got to move forward with it. And I'm trying. There was something. Oh, uh, just like uh, you know, Apple pushes down the updates to like uh, uh, YouTube and stuff to my Apple TV. My God. Yeah, we all <laughs> that pissed you off. Hey, YouTube. <laughs> God, did they screw that up? They have. Okay, let's. I think I'm this not is a get good time. I think this is a good time to talk about what's going on with Twitter. So Twitter wants to kill off third-party apps. What do you guys think about that? You're talking about things like TweetDeck and things mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. Well, do I, you guys I would... use third-party apps to use Twitter? I mean, you yeah. don't have to, but we like to. Yeah, I use TweetDeck. I'll, I can I'll have I can have multiple... Because I've got I've got two different Twitter accounts. I've got my own personal one and then uh, Guy and Gaz for the, for the My Mac podcast... And uh, TweetDeck basically lets me keep track of both of those at the same time. 
Right, but if that goes away, you won't have any kind of control over those those features. Just like then I will game. die. <laughs> <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? It's a similar kind of parallel where you know we got pissed off when they pushed out the YouTube update. We don't have any control over that because we're stuck using just the YouTube app on the Apple TV. Are there any other? Are there any other alternatives? Are there other? I mean, I haven't looked. Are there any other apps that will play? YouTube content on an Apple TV that we could go to? No, it's like tough noogies. We, we made these changes and now suck it. Deal with it. Yeah, but there and are the same other things going to happen with Twitter. There are other services. You don't have to use YouTube. You could use Medium. Right. You could use Vimeo. Right. You could use, you know, and right. it's not like use, they have. You could use Facebook instead of Twitter. But, you know, <laughs> there's people that aren't going to do that is what I'm saying. We, there's people who don't want to use any other service. They just want to use YouTube. They just want to, you know, use that that service for that kind of content. That's my line. Yeah, really. It's, I think it's going to piss off a lot of people when you take away that ability to have a little bit of over uh, control over your stream, over your your content that comes the, the way the way it's delivered to you. And if they take that away, you know, you won't be able to manage. You'll still be able to manage your lists, maybe, but maybe not as easily, or in the way that you want to. And I yeah. think that that's going to off a lot of people. Yeah, but I mean, just like if they take away Tweetbot, which is what I use. I mean, I to try to use the web interface to Twitter is just absolutely ridiculous. It's it's a piece of crap. It's yep. unusable. It's well, it's not that it's unusable, but it's just it's it's limiting, very limiting. Well, so me. that's how people feel about iOS when they compare it to a desktop experience and they right. don't there's a lot of people that are going to fight against that that's why i'm bringing us back to this is that there's a lot of people that don't want that they want the right tool for the job and in their perception of it and they're not going to want to use a touch screen or a touch type of os or interface to do certain jobs yeah there's just some people that aren't as touchy as we are mm-hmm. <laughs> we like to touch everything <laughs> Okay, let's be careful here. We're gonna go. We're, we're gonna get. We're gonna. We're gonna touch on things we shouldn't. Oh my! So, with that, I think I'll move us on to our uh, picks for this week. So uh, we'll start off with our illustrious guest and his, uh -oh. his pick for this week. Uh, I am a huge fan, and Melissa can attest to this. I'm a huge fan of different types of microphones. You're just a huge fan. I am. I am. Uh, I currently use a Heil PR40, and I really, really like it. However, uh, some people also like the Shure SM7B, which is also another high-end microphone. But what I have found is... In my in my mobile podcasting kit, and if you if everyone comes out to MacStock this year, you'll see it. Uh, basically, I have all the workings so that up to four people can record at the same time with their own microphones, uh, and it all fits into a single backpack. It, it's a it's a lot of stuff. You got to go but, check out Guy's Playground. <laughs> it is it is that and it, it is like a big playground. I take it with me everywhere I go. Guy's uh, such a fun guy to hang out with. But I have I have four microphones. Three of them are Sennheiser uh, E835s, which are which is a nice, very very nice microphone. However, in a pawn shop, I found an Electra Voice EV767A, mm -hmm. and uh, with all of the stuff that I have in the mobile podcast and get, guess who gets to use the the Electra Voice microphone? Me. That's mm -hmm. my microphone. 
My toy. With my toy. With that in mind, uh, they also make a, and those, those are all dynamic microphones. Well, actually, so is this one. Um, it's the RE320, which is about $329. And, and that would also include the mount and a broadcast arm, like a boom arm. And uh, it's it's just something I really really want to try, and if I have two to four hundred dollars and play money to screw around with, that would probably be what I would get an, an Electro Voice RE three twenty dynamic microphone. I can better win the lottery soon because there's only eleven left. I know. I can attest to guys' love for microphones because I think you had four with you the day you came out here. <laughs> Yeah, well, I wanted you to try some different ones. Yeah, yeah, you even loaned me one. <laughs> Everybody's got to borrow one of guys' mics. Yeah. Well, I gave you, uh, Melissa, you got one of my condensers, which uh-huh. I, I can't use in the, the man cave here that I record in because I've just got too many things that make noise. Yeah. So the, the nice thing about dynamic microphones versus condenser microphones is dynamic microphones really reject uh, background noise very, very well as compared to condensers, which pick up everything. Condensers typically sound better, but they're much harder to control in, in that regard. And like you, they're very hard to control. But anyway, that's a different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we'll, we'll move to the middle of the country, the middle of the, the geographic space. Mike, what do you have for us this week? Well, since we were talking about gaming earlier on, it, we kind of swerved into that subject. But I've got a. Uh, uh, nice. I decided, you know, how about a PlayStation Four? Uh, yeah, um, I kind of want to try VR just to see what's like because I finally last uh, last weekend I finally saw my first 3D movie. Uh, I went to see uh, Ready Player One in 3D, and I thought that's kind of cool. Now I kind of want to experience virtual reality and see you know if that lives up to its hype. This show it. isn't enough of a virtual reality for you, Mike. You, I said reality, not uh, you know, not uh, <laughs> uh, fantasy or whatever we're we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of off in the the fantasy realm here sometimes. But anyway, um, uh, I just want to experience. You know, and I think it'd be kind of cool to play a game where you could like look around and turn your head, and maybe I'd actually get some exercise while I'm working here. But so this isn't the uh, VR though, but it's the PlayStation Four Pro that you need. Um, to add, then you add the VR on top of that. So the PlayStation Four is three ninety nine, and then if I and I could get that, and I could use that for right now. And then if I wanted to add the uh, VR later, that's three twenty nine. That's so it's a sizable chunk of money for that. Um, but like I say, it'd be kind of cool, it'd be kind of interesting. And like I say, I don't have enough things around here to game on because I've got my <laughs> iPad, I've got my Nvidia Shield TV, I've got. Uh, uh, my steam machine. Uh, yeah, I have, uh, you know, I don't have a lack of things that I could entertain myself. I just need one more thing. Cause I like the new things. Yes. You need to entertain yourself and keep, you know, idle hands or the devil's workshop. I think is the thing, right? Yes. I think, sure. Mike, I think Mike um, has a I might be a devil sometime. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to comment on that. Yes, I do. <laughs> All right. Sure. Melissa, what do you have for us with your play money this week? 
Well, I picked the the new Apple iPad, the 2018 that just came out, the education version, only because I'm kind of pissed because <laughs> I just <laughs> bought just bought the one back in November, the 2017 edition, and it hasn't even been six months, damn it! And now they've released the new one, and the specs are identical, identical except for the chip. It's an A9 versus an A10. And for what, like under $50 difference or something. So had I just waited a little bit more, I could have gotten the, the 2018 version. So, well, to, and, quote, and that <laughs> to quote Maxwell Smart, you missed it by that much. That much. Uh-huh. Sorry about that, Chief. <laughs> yeah, so that's my pick. So if I had an extra, you know, play money, I would buy another one. And, <laughs> and you know, probably throw in an Apple Pencil in there just so I could play around with that. Well, we'll start a GoFundMe for Melissa's new iPad. There you go. We'll do that. Well, folks, I went completely out of the realm here. Um, I didn't even pick something that's technical, but I did pick something that I do geek out about occasionally, and that's model trains. Every I've talked. It's been a while since I've talked about model railroads. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't heard that in a long time. Mark and I used to talk about it uh, occasionally. Um, but my son and I were out doing our Saturday errands yesterday, and I got done. I said, you know, there's a local train shop here in town. We hadn't been in there in a while, so I went in there, and we were walking around, and I looked up, and they had this beautiful little N-scale train set. And if you go look on my Twitter feed, I ended up buying it. It's a Bachman. Uh-huh. It's a Bachman. It was a real little starter set. Um, only came, and it's N-scale. It's 24-inch circle. It's the complete set. So, I mean, this will tell you. Tiny. N-scale is 1 160th scale. So that'll tell you how small it is. Um, the whole thing will fit in half a shoebox, to be honest with you. Um, are we still talking about trains? Yes. Okay. Uh, Melissa's here, so we're still talking about trains. The, uh, but it was it's really cool, and um, then I also got to looking around, and Bachman makes some other really nice sets. So what I picked to expand my railroading empire is the Bachman Empire Builder N-Scale set, which has a suggested retail of $345. has a real nice, oh, uh, real nice big steam engine, because I'm partial to steam engines. I mean, I have diesel engines and steam on all my other railroad sets, and if you don't know this, folks, I have a crap ton of Lionel and uh, MTH O-Gauge. I have a fair amount of HO stuff. Now I have N-Scale. We're playing with that. I even posted a short video yesterday on Twitter of uh, my little install <coughs> setup we had. Bless you. And uh, Yes, God bless you. And uh, the kids got real creative with mm. the Lincoln logs and built tunnels and stuff like Aww. that. Little trains to go through. And we, were just, we were just having a blast with it yesterday. So. Oh, that's neat. So we if I had plenty, I'd totally if I had plenty of money, I would totally get this for my dad. Set it up around his Christmas tree. Yeah. Well, I mean, this little set I bought yesterday was 90 bucks. Oh, it was huh. dirt cheap. I mean, I couldn't, you know, ninety bucks, and I bought a couple extra pieces of track, so we had an oval instead of just a circle. Uh huh. How could you go wrong? We, I mean, we probably spent six, eight hours playing with this set, you know, over the course of the last yesterday and today, and the kids and I have just had a blast with it. So, Aww. you know, it's fun. fun. It, it's fun to spend time with your kids and do that sort of thing. So that's my pick for this week. Well, folks, that's going to wrap us up. Uh, big thank you to Guy for joining us, and I'll let Guy introduce himself. 
Well, I am Guy Searle. I am one of the co-hosts of the MyMac.com podcast that we've been doing for the last 10 years since 2010, which really should be eight years. Uh, I also do every Wednesday night on Facebook, the Mac to the Future Go livecast. Uh, you can catch me there. Plus, I just started a new thing called Guy's Daily Drive, where about three times a week, uh, I sit in my car and talk about stuff on my way to or from work. Uh, the fact that uh, it is Guy's Daily Drive, but I don't do it daily, should tell you something about my mindset. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I've watched, I think, one or two of them now. I can't remember. It's very interesting. I'm always waiting for the, oh, shit. Because <laughs> 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 I know the traffic you drive in all too well. So. Yes, I do. So anyway, thank you. Uh, Melissa, would you like to tell the folks where they can find out more about you? Sure. Well, occasionally you can actually hear me on the MyMac.com podcast. If you uh, yeah. listen back through the 10-year catalog, I, I appear there a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you took over for, for Gaz. Uh, was, no, it was last year. Yeah. You and, I, you and I did one together. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're, and we're, we're talking about podcasts, by the way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, so you can catch me on that occasionally, and, you know, I'm sure there'll be some future episodes. I shouldn't, uh, damn it, I shouldn't have uh, invited myself there, but the things <laughs> I get myself into. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're warning me, in other words. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I can't always uh, tune into Guy's Wednesday thing because sometimes I'm recording with David Ginsburg over on In Touch With iOS. So you can find out more about that on InTouchWithIOS.com. And for everything else, you can find me online all over at the Mac Mommy. Excellent. Uh, Michael, would you like to espouse where you can be found? Mike, Mike? sure. Uh, if people still want to listen to what I do have to say. Uh, if you do want to listen to what I have to say, you can uh, find me on uh, Twitter at DSC Chipman, and I have my about.me page, about.me slash uh, Mike McPeak, that's M-C-P-E-E-K most excellent and please go over and, and check out Mike also on Sci-Fi Tech Talk the other excellent show that he participates in uh, before we go can uh, can I give a quick plug for MacStock oh please do yeah MacStock 2018 is going to be July 21st and 22nd in Woodstock Illinois just outside of Chicago it's two fun 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 days of good times, good speakers, and good community. Essentially, from Friday night until until the end of the show on Sunday, you won't even have to pay for food because if you get the two-day package, there's, there's a speakers thing on Friday night. Uh, there's the uh, – they give you lunch on both Saturday and Sunday. And then there's the Saturday night Barry Falk. Uh, I'm not sure what they're even calling it yet. It used to be the Midwest Mac Barbecue. Now it's a Midwest Mac game – thing i don't know uh but it's gonna be it's gonna be so much fun it's all inclusive there's nothing else that you have to pay for other than of course your transportation here in your hotel uh but everything else is taken care of you this this is something this is it's now in its fourth year and i have attended all three years and i've had such a good time with all three of them and uh tim robertson from tech fan of course the creator of the my mac podcast and i will be doing the my mac game show quiz and it's getting kind of mixed up this year it's going to be even better than it was last year thank you oh good i'm glad you remembered to plug that yeah mike potter and uh, barry do a great job with that and uh, they do 
I wish I could be there, but unfortunately, my ability to travel is being somewhat limited. So, yeah, I'm crazy. driving this year. You're driving. Yeah, you drive every Chicago. year, don't you? <laughs> well, I flew a couple years ago, and American Airlines routed me to Kansas City for oh, eight God, hours. Oh, God, that was, oh, that was, yeah, big cluster, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can guarantee that if you fly this year, I've got some friends that work for the FFA, I can get you routed through Nova Scotia. If oh, well, I was kind of looking forward to uh, Costa Rica this year. I think <laughs> I can get you routed through there, too. <laughs> With a fifty percent guaranteed chance that you'll land. Yeah, Kandahar Air Air Base. Yeah, no, I don't want to go there. Yeah. So, well, folks, I'm Kevin Alder. You can find out more about me. Most of my ramblings are on Twitter, at, at least until they get rid of Tweetbot, at uh, twitter.com <laughs> forward slash big underscore in underscore va, or go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder, and you can find other crimes and or misdemeanors that I may have committed linked there. If you want to find out more about the show, go over to geekiestshowever.com. And we want to thank all those people that have left us reviews and comments on iTunes. We appreciate that, and it helps the show get discovered. I want to thank all of you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed downloading and listening to the show as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. And, folks, please remember, if nothing else, between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. Or at least hug guy. Bye. Yeah, I need it. Looking for a podcast to get your geek on? Then listen to my favorite ladies podcast, The Three Geeky Ladies. Join Alyssa, Suze, and Vicky as they discuss tech products and other topics that caught their attention. The Three Geeky Ladies podcast, on the My Mac Podcasting Network.